Well, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Coach with Clarity podcast. My name is Lisha McDonough, and this week we're doing something a little different. So it is about the midpoint of the month of August. And what I have heard from so many listeners and my clients is that this summer has been a doozy. A lot of us have felt like we've been in a bit of a summer slump. And I know personally just how frustrating that can be. You've probably got all sorts of ideas and desires and things that you want to make happen. And yet when you're feeling tired or sluggish or unmotivated, there's just such an uncomfortable tension that comes up. You know what you want to create, but you just don't feel like you have the energy to do that. If that sounds familiar, know that you are not alone. And I've got a couple podcast episodes designed to help. That's why for the next few weeks, I will be reaching back into the Coach with Clarity podcast archives and sharing a few of my very favorite episodes. This week, I'm sharing one of my first and favorite coaching calls that I did on the podcast with my friend, colleague, and Coach with Clarity member, Nam Rindani. I especially loved this episode because there were so many moments of insight and revelation, and I left feeling just as encouraged and inspired as Nam did. At the heart of this coaching call was exploring how to create a system that works for you. There is a ton of advice out there when it comes to marketing, sales, creating content, connecting with your clients, and that advice has value But at the end of the day, it's all about taking what works for you, applying it in a way that feels good, and giving yourself permission to leave behind the tactics, the strategies, and the feedback that is not going to support your business. And over the course of my conversation with Nam, that's exactly what we both realized. I think our conversation is more timely than ever before, and I am delighted to share with you my coaching call with therapist and coach. Nam Rindani. Imagine an aligned approach to the art of coaching, a perspective that blends both coaching and business mastery, all while honoring your vision, your values, and your intuition. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm Lee Shea McDonough, an ICF credentialed coach, former therapist, and mentor for intuitive coaches and healers. I'll be your guide as you cultivate both the skill set and the mindset needed to transform your clients' lives and your own. Are you ready to be a coach with clarity? Then let's go. Well, hello, friend. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and I am over the moon excited to bring you today's episode. I had the very special opportunity to provide coaching to one of my Coach with Clarity members, Nam Rindani. She graciously agreed to come on the show and to talk to us a little bit about what she is facing in her business. Nam is a therapist and a coach, and in her coaching practice, she specializes in supporting ambitious, strong men who have traditionally done very well in their businesses and in their professions, but who are experiencing some difficulties in their relationships. And those difficulties are now starting to impact their professional performance. 
Nam initially wanted to talk about ways that she could connect with her ideal client. But as you are about to hear, we got even deeper into what creating a process would look like for her and some of what comes up for her as a working mother who is trying to balance the opportunities of her coaching business with the joys and the demands of motherhood. I'm not going to say any more about it. I want to get right into today's coaching call. I know that there are going to be some key takeaways for you, regardless of who you serve or where you're at with the coaching journey. So without further ado, here is my coaching call with Nam Rindani. Well, hello, Nam. Thank you so much for being on the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you so much, Lee. I am so jazzed to be on as well. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. And I'm excited to just dive right in. So let's start with you talking a little bit about what you'd like to explore during our coaching call today. Perfect. So I have one specific niche in my coaching, and that is that I am a relationship coach for busy and ambitious men who want to feel as successful as they are in the boardroom or in their business to feel as successful when they go home and in their personal lives. And so the people I typically work with are serial entrepreneurs, CEOs, executive, upper management, and people in high pressure jobs. My coaching practice is a bit of a child. It's a baby. It's less than a year old. I have clients that I have gotten since I started it, but it's been a very shot in the dark way of getting new clients. I haven't actually focused on marketing at all. It's just been, I shared one Facebook post, people in my community shared it, and through word of mouth, I've had clients. What I'm hoping to do is to establish something stronger and find ways to connect and market to my favorite, favorite kind of client, my ideal client. So I would love some structured help with that. Excellent. So it sounds to me like you have a very clearly defined niche that you know exactly who you want to serve. And what I'm hearing maybe is a desire to clarify perhaps a little bit about how you will serve them, but especially how you can connect with them and where you can reach them. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And I will add briefly that my niche client is incredibly busy and travels all the time. Well, not during a pandemic, but typically. And so some of the more known ways of downloads and freebies, they definitely do work. But most of my clients, if I send them even an email with a lot or like many paragraphs, they'd be like, okay, can you just tell me on the phone really quickly? I'm in between meetings. I don't have time to read this whole thing. And so it's it's adjusting to that specific niche, adjusting marketing to that specific niche. That's really helpful to know. So this is a population that it's high pressure, not a lot of time. They know they want support, but they need it in very kind of compact, give it to me straight ways. Absolutely. And it's also a very, very committed niche. And that's one of my joys of this population is personal development and growth and working on yourself is really, really up there. There's just lack of time. And because my niche in working with them is not business stuff, it's relationships. Most of them are really just kind of figuring out how to be in relationships with no information or any sort of guide. And so it has to be compact. It has to be direct, which is very much my style in the way that I coach. It's just 
I've been having a hard time figuring out how to translate marketing that works for me as a therapist into coaching clients of this typical sort. That makes a lot of sense. And I think there are certainly lessons that you can pull from your experience as a therapist and marketing to that population that mm-hmm. we can apply. We will definitely talk about that today. Before I dive into that piece, I just want to kind of take a step back mm-hmm. and ask you, why this audience? Like, why does this matter to you? Why does serving these men mean so much to you? My gosh. I could speak for hours on this, and so I'm going to do my best to keep <laughs> it as short as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are two main areas here, Lee. One is that it's men. Given where we are in 2020, the need for men to recognize how to not only be supportive to the people in their lives in strong yet vulnerable ways, but to also become more self-aware and to know themselves better is so key. Because for me, without happy relationships and you know that self-awareness and confidence, the way men are typically raised is not working anymore. We're hoping men become more sensitive. We're hoping men become more aware of patriarchy and all the stuff that comes from oppression and the men being the dominant group. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a lot out there to sort of metaphorically hang out with this guy on a park bench and say, look, you're not a bad guy. You don't have it all wrong. We need to figure out how you can be who you are and also have that translate to people in your life. So you are understood. And eventually, the more we understand how men work and we help men figure out how to relate better, I truly believe we improve the world. Yeah, I can get behind that. So that's sort of one area of why I do what I do. The second part is a lot briefer. The men I specifically work with are natural leaders. To work with leaders who have the reach that they do and kind of filling them up with self-awareness, relationship happiness, and just that level of personal development means the reach is even wider because they reach a lot of people themselves. So it again ties into honestly impacting the world in that way. I was going to say, it's like the ripple effect. When you are able to show up and serve one client powerfully, the effect that has on the world is exponential. Absolutely. And I think that speaks a lot, Nam, to what I am picking up on your core values, certainly service, but also impact and leadership and making a difference in the world. Oh my goodness, that is exactly what it is. I often say my work involves making leaders out of the struggling. In this niche, I have leaders who are struggling and I kind of help them figure out the struggle so that they can lead differently and then they can create more impact. Excellent. Let's transition into that. I want to hear from you. When your ideal client comes knocking on your door, What is he really struggling with? What is prompting him to show up and pursue coaching with you? The first thing that came up, and this is almost across the board with every client I have either interacted with or worked with, is I'm not doing so well on a day-to-day basis. My business is suffering. And I hear of words like my work is getting strangled or I'm just not able to show up. I spend hours just doing nothing because I'm constantly worried or I'm really stressed about what is going on at home, either with a significant other or a parent. More often than not, it's a romantic attachment. And so the key problem that shows up is 
my business is suffering because of my relationship problem. Okay, that's fascinating to me because I'm willing to bet and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that the relationship problems were probably in existence when the business was still going well. And now that the business is struggling, it's shining a light on the core issue, which is being distracted and stressed out and overwhelmed by things at home or typically romantic relationships. Absolutely. And this even translates to some of my clients who form relationships while they're in business. And so typically when the business is going well, there are a lot of even red flags that get ignored. Then the two areas kind of bump up against each other. Work stress will create chaos at home. And then not relating to each other at home will show up in being distracted, being grumpy, not being able to focus at work. That makes so much sense. And I would imagine too that earlier on in their timeline, when things with their romantic life or their home life were starting to get a little difficult, there was probably a really unique tension that these men were experiencing because they were doing so well in business and yet they felt like they were struggling in other aspects of their life. That's exactly it. And I will even hear my clients say that, not in this language, but I'm keeping it short. It's how strong and empowered they feel when they go to work and then they come home and they feel so small, like they need to kind of just be on their phone and look at YouTube videos all day and they're getting this failing report card every single day that they come home and then they get up and they go to work and it's completely different. And it's that discrepancy that is really confusing to my client. And it's typically at that point that they will contact me. Okay. That's perfect. So now we have a really clear idea of his experience and what's driving him to seek coaching from you. I'd love to know more from you about what your client wants out of coaching And then part two is what you think your client needs from coaching. Oh, that distinction is a powerful one. I don't think I've ever thought about that. When my client typically reaches out to me, they typically want to figure out how to make their relationship work just so that I am less stressed and work is always the focus. My clients are very career focused in general. And so it's almost safer for them to think of it in terms of how will my business get affected? At one level, that's what they want is their relationship to improve so that I'm not distressed. Very quickly in our initial call itself, we will land to this darker and quieter place where most of them are questioning if that relationship can continue at all. Because deep down inside, a lot of my clients are really, really afraid to even considering the end of that relationship. But very often, that is something that... um, They don't necessarily want to figure out, but they do need to figure out, which is if I do all the right things, will this relationship improve? And if it doesn't, am I really even wanting to be in it? Okay. There's so much there to unpack. Mm. And the first thing that came up for me was Mm. that their performance at work or their success in business is the barometer or the measurement that they are using to kind of define their entire life. So that their performance at work has a lot to do with their self-perception and their identity. Absolutely. And that is usually how I even frame my initial call. Because so if we were to look at it in terms of attachment styles, most of my clients are avoidant. They find it easier to even talk about it in terms of their work being a barometer. I think that's absolutely on point. 
Okay, perfect. So for them, they'd come in and say, I want to know better ways that I can handle my stress at work and everything that's going on there, because I know once work is okay, then I'll be able to free up time and space for the relationship. And then once the relationship is okay, it's going to help work. And so they see it as being connected that way. They don't see it initially. That's where we end up at the end of our conversation is identifying how one is impacting the other and that just focusing on improving work is not working. Like we need to look at this other area. So that's typically where our consult call will even end is really getting clear about what needs to happen at home and in the relationship, which will almost by default show up as improvement at work. Excellent. That shift. Now we've really clarified the want versus the need. You know, they want stress management. They want things to go better at work. They want to just generally be happier. And through the conversation, you're helping them understand the underlying need. What's behind this is also the relationship. And we've got to shine a light on that and put some focus on that. As yes. Well. Oh my gosh. I had no idea I was doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But that's part of what we do in coaching is help you see what you are already doing and what you're already doing well and pull it out so that we can create a process around it so that we can systematize it. Yes, absolutely. Because then when you go in and you talk to future potential clients, you are going to understand exactly the path you're guiding them on. You're going to see the commonalities they share. And not only will that help you feel more confident, it's also going to help your client feel more confident too when they feel like they're being guided through a process and you know what's coming and you've got them every step of the way. Yes, exactly. It's that I've got your back while you do this work feeling. Exactly. Okay. Let me ask you, what has worked for you so far in terms of connecting with this client that you want to serve? Do you mean in terms of marketing? Yes. Well, something that I'm really good at is, (laughs) I don't know how this sounds, but off the cuff, winging it, just talking or writing about what it is that I do. The more unscripted I am, the more clients I seem to get. And so typically it's social media where I will write something, not even necessarily keeping the client in mind, but because I'm so connected to this work, that's typically where I will go. And then that post will either be shared or it will lead to discussion on direct message or email. And then either that person will be interested or that post or that topic will be shared by that one person with other people. And then that's how I'll get contacted. So it's mainly social media so far. That is 100% my safe and comfort zone to start. And then it's word of mouth. Social media and word of mouth. And interestingly, this idea that it's unscripted suggests Mm -hmm. to me that you are speaking from the heart directly to one person. I mean, I know with social media, you're hitting a lot of people, but you've got one person or one type of client in mind when you are communicating with them. And so it feels conversational. Absolutely. In fact, the thing I always keep in mind, even when I write web copy is I have this one person in mind and I'm writing a letter to them. So whether it's like long web copy or it's one Facebook post, it is conversational and it is personal. Excellent. So let me ask you, if you were to gauge the level of success you're having with social media as a marketing strategy, how would you Mm -hmm. rate yourself? Mm, I find that hard to even answer because I'm doing it so randomly. I don't want to take too much time up with this. 
the whole thing about creating something that's compact and quick for my client actually applies to my life as well. I have a toddler and I'm just, you know, life space where I don't have hours like I used to, mm-hmm. to devote to marketing. And so it's random and it's quick. To be completely honest, if I were to scale it from zero to 10, what I'm very capable of doing is a 10 on 10, where I often hit just based on how I'm doing it and how frequently I'm doing it is about a five. I'm not working at 100% like I would like. Well, and interestingly, it sounds like that when you are putting your message out there, you are getting really good responses. So this is not a content issue. If anything, Mm. it sounds more like a process issue in terms of carving out the time, the space, and the process so that you can be more consistent with social media. Oh my gosh, Lee. That I'm having a full body response to that because I've been so stressed thinking if I don't know how to market and I'm not getting it right, that the way you just phrased it is Mm -hmm. exactly the thing. Because when it comes to creating content, I get really excited. I don't feel nervous. I just kind of do it. And I feel like that comes from within so effortlessly that it's not that big a deal where I 100% am stuck and I didn't realize until this very moment is everything else you just mentioned. It's the process. Okay. So how helpful would it be then to have a conversation about process, knowing that, Nam, you've got the content down. We don't need to worry about what it is you are going to talk about to your people because you've got that within you. That comes naturally. It's the process piece that maybe needs some attention. How does that feel? The content piece feels like I'll open my mouth and I'm singing. And the moment I think about process, I feel like someone's choking me. That's how stuck I feel. So talking about process will be gold. Okay, excellent. So let's dive in here. And I want to first off acknowledge the fact that it can feel really scary to think about creating a process, especially when it's like, how much time is this going to take? And do I have what I need? And I just want to acknowledge the fear that's coming up for you right now. And also thank you for being willing to dive in and to face it head on, to be uncomfortable and move forward with me anyway. Thank you so much. It's unfamiliar fear, but that's exactly, exactly how it's feeling. So thank you for recognizing it and wanting to help me with it. You're welcome. Let's talk about what you are currently doing with regard to social media, not from a content perspective, but from a process perspective, because you do have a process. It may feel random. It may feel sporadic, (laughs) but there is already a process in place. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it's like when you sit down to create a social media post? I actually don't do it that way. I feel like this momentary restlessness, I have something that comes to me very naturally and I pull out my phone and (laughs) I casually like to say, and then I run my mouth. (laughs) And in some ways I kind of do that. And then I just write every single time, almost without exception. When I set aside time to write my Facebook content or like write my web copy, that's where my anxiety peaks. I procrastinate. I come up with something that sounds fine, but it's not really me. I think this is my strength and my struggle, Lee, which is I feel inspired internally and then I act as opposed to carving time out or sitting down to do it and then just doing it. Do you know what I mean? I 100% know what you mean. I'm really identifying with what you're saying right now because that 
often is how I feel about creating oh. content too, whether it's social media posts, whether it's this podcast, it's like, I need the inspiration to be there. And then I can just take it and run with it. While you were talking, I actually pulled up one of my, I'm going to call it a favorite quote, but it's really the quote I turn to when I'm feeling stuck. And it's by Leonard Bernstein, who's a composer and a conductor. Mm-hmm. And he said, inspiration is wonderful when it happens, but the writer must develop an approach for the rest of the time. The wait is simply too long. I feel like that really... <sighs> summarizes maybe what both you and I experience when we are able to harness our inspiration and run with it. It's magical, but that time between is too long. And so if someone is prolific as Leonard Bernstein struggled with this too, and is openly acknowledging, yep, this happens. And we have to come up with an approach or a process for the rest of the time. For me, it gives me a little hope, you know, I'm not alone. And this is just part of the journey. Oh, that's so powerful. I'm I'm going to make note of that quote because that's exactly where I am. That that is my struggle. And there's something weird that comes up there as well, Lee, and that is some of my stalling around technical stuff. So my deepest desire is to have an email thing going, a newsletter or whatever you want to call it. And I get really excited at the idea of being able to write that weekly. And then I completely start to stall because I have to carve out time to get the technical part going and to uh, just talking about it, is, it makes me not want to do it. Yes, <laughs> I get that. That's, I get that. Yes. So that's exactly it. That quote just hits the nail right on its head. What I would love to explore then is maybe what a process might look like for you that doesn't feel constrictive or overwhelming, or make you want to give up before you've even started. If there was a way to inject some fun or even some joy into the process, what might that look like? Oh my gosh. I feel so far removed from that possibility that I feel a little paralyzed right now, even imagining it. I have no idea. And maybe some of this is a new mom in business thing where before my son was born, this was not that big a problem really. And now it's how much sleep have I gotten and who's taking care of him? And it's, Oh, there's just so much stuff that I don't even know where to begin. What would feel fun in an ideal world is, see, I don't, I don't even know how to go there. I'll use today as an example. So I've been able to get to the point where my Mondays are for website marketing, inspiration, writing, and admin stuff. I don't see clients on Mondays. And that itself has been a huge help because now I'm able to do some posting because I know Monday's coming up. But then I'm not able to fully count on every Monday and the fact that I will show up in this way every Monday. That's where I get stuck. Does that make sense? It does. And first off, I want to normalize the fact that when we have young children, it is incredibly complicated to balance all of the responsibilities we have between our business, between our partnership, our relationships, being a mother. It's challenging. And how old is your son, Nam? 22 months old. Ooh, and that is a busy age. Yeah. He, I imagine, is probably moving all the time, talking all the time, needs you a lot. This is a high energy, high demand period that you are in right now. That's exactly it. Just you recognizing that is such a huge deal. Yes, that's exactly how it is. So what I want to suggest then, and I want to hear from you if I'm 
overreaching a bit, but I'm getting the sense that there's a little bit of all or nothing thinking going on with regard to the business side and the process and creating content. Either I'm able to sit down and tap into my inspiration and have it be this beautiful, amazing outcome, or I'm stuck and I can't do it. So I'm not going to do anything. Let me pause and let me see how that's, how that's That's exactly it. I want to know what it's like, I have this dial like a radio frequency dial, except there are only two frequencies there on or off. And I'm curious if maybe this isn't also what your ideal clients are experiencing too. Lee, I'm a strong, strong, strong believer, whether it's therapy or it's coaching, that once we hit that point where we know who our ideal client is, there is a part of us in that client. Almost always. I, in so many ways, am that guy. My husband always teases me saying my brain is three quarters male (laughs) in the way I function. And he's, you know, not wrong (laughs) in that. And also in terms of how career focused I tend to be. This is exactly something my ideal client will struggle with. I struggle with it in a unique way because for me, it's a parenting relationship. It's not like my marriage is in trouble and that's what's affecting my business. But it is a relationship. It's a relationship with myself that needs to change. It's a relationship with my son that needs to be looked at differently or something. So yes, you're absolutely right. I'm curious what shift you believe needs to occur within your relationship with yourself. (sighs) That's a tough one. The first thing that comes up without much thought is trust. I need to get better at trusting that I know how to do this. Like you said, the content is not the problem. I typically think that it's all a problem, but that's not. And I need to remind myself of that, that that part gets taken care of. And so I can ease up a little bit and start seeing this more as a spectrum of either getting a four-hour block with nothing else to do on one end and on the other end is no time at all for days. And to start identifying that there are some gray areas in the middle and maybe the creativity that I tap into when I work with clients is something I need to start considering for myself as well. I don't know what that looks like, but that feels like that feels like a direction I need to kind of pursue, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And so I want to honor that. And this idea of pulling on your own natural creativity as your path through this, I think that's your intuition speaking and we need to pay attention. Mm. The other thing I want to suggest, Nam, is that when we are looking at creating a process for you, having a process is intended to serve and support you. It's not meant to be another thing on your plate or another requirement or another box to check. It's meant to make your life easier. And so if we are approaching even the conversation as it being yet another thing I have to do on top of everything else, then we are not looking at it from a place that's going to benefit you. Instead, let's think about it as something that can support you through this. You know, Lee, I, I know how to do that with my clients and I do it. And I hadn't even considered that as an option until this very moment, because you're right. I feel like this age for just mothering a toddler at this age involves walking around with this full plate. And so everything feels like one more thing. And that's not how I want to go about this, especially given how much I love this work and how easily it actually comes to me. So a process that would support sounds perfect. Okay. And I just also want to point out the fact that it's 
terribly common for us coaches to be able to do this work with our clients. <laughs> and yet sometimes when it comes to doing it for ourselves, it can feel so challenging. So just for everyone out there who's listening to this call, if that resonated with you, you are not alone, my friend. This is something <laughs> every coach deals with. So I'm curious, now that we've kind of looked at it through this lens, if we come back to this idea of a process that serves and supports you, a process that maybe opens you up to a little compassion, a little joy for yourself, what might that look like? The first thing that I almost have a visceral response in saying, it's a phrase, it's bite-sized pieces. I think what would be the kindest and the most supportive to where I am in my life, but also really respectful of the fact that I have mad ambition is I need a process that will involve doing little things in bite-sized pieces that will, in fact, I'm actually just going to stop there because what I tend to do is I need a four-hour block and in that four-hour block, I need to create this enormous, just the structure and this building that people will live in. And um, let's be honest, with motherhood. no, it doesn't. And a lot of times in the entrepreneurial space, we hear a lot about batching. Let's batch content, just block off a whole day and get your podcast. Oh my gosh. Content. You know yes. what I'm saying? And yes. What if, what if we said, uh, no, not with a 22 month old, we are not batching. In fact, we're going to find 20 minute blocks of time where in 20 minutes you can maybe get started on a single social media post. And then maybe tomorrow afternoon, you'll find another 20 minute block of time or whatever is going to work for you, but really in line with this idea of bite-sized pieces. Yes, that feels so much more doable. So Nam, what would it look like to give yourself full permission to create a process that's grounded in bite-sized pieces? I could start today. That feels incredibly, incredibly doable. Also based on who my son is, my son is already very much like me. And so <laughs> he has his own little ambition that he doesn't want me around for at all times. And I know I can get 20 minutes. At a very minimum, I can get 20 minutes a day to start. The wall that I already banging my head on as I race forward with this idea is, well, okay, so when I have 20 minutes today, and this is how the voice is inside is, when I find the 20 minutes today, what do I do? Should I write a Facebook post? Should I like work on my website or send out an email? And that's the overwhelm. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so in the few minutes we have left together, mm -hmm. it'd be all right with you if I made a couple suggestions? Yes, please. Okay. First off, at least when we are putting this new bite-sized process into place, let's come from a place of fun. Let's start mm -hmm. with something that feels fun and inspiring because if we are trying things out, and again, we're not going to walk away from this call with a huge process that you're going to implement. We are coming up with some ideas that you can test out. So let's make it fun. And so when you approach that 20 minute block of time, what if it was almost like a date? You were having a mm -hmm. business date with yourself and what would be a fun way to spend 20 minutes dating your business? Oh, that is so, I love that so much. Even when I met my husband, I said, look, I'm already married. I have, a, I have this career that I'm married to. And that's not going to be a negative. But the idea of dating my business is completely aligned. Excellent. All right. That. So that's going to be my suggestion then in terms of what do I do and where do I start? Treat it like a date. Let's do something fun. 
And then also let's remember that the purpose here is to build connection with your ideal client. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Websites and social media platforms, they are really helpful in that that's where our ideal client can go to verify who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. And but that's not typically the first way they are finding us. As you mentioned before, it's word of mouth. It's connecting through people. It's having someone share something of yours. And so it really comes back to building relationships. And how does that feel if we approach the work from relationship building? It's like you sprayed some kind of some kind of disinfectant or something and, and got all the stains out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to see myself because that's what I'm really good at doing is building relationships. And so immediately the two things that came to mind was online networking, which is something that I do easily, quickly, and I love doing. It's very fun to me. Mm -hmm. And the second is to get just a really simple email out to people I know saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And not getting wrapped up in MailChimp and the format and my picture. And I just need to talk to people. That's what I'm good at. Yes. And keep it super simple. Kiss, right? Keep it super simple. Yes. And let your love for the work that you do, your desire to serve and support and lead, let that out. Let that guide your way. I can do this. You can do this. You can do this. How are you feeling about the work that we've done together today? I am amazed. It feels like (laughs) like I've been working with you for weeks and months and I'm kind of stunned. And where I am. This is amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And Nam, I just want to reflect back. The reason you feel that way is because you showed up fully today. You put it all on the line. You were willing to go deep. And so you are the one who's responsible for the change that you're creating now. And I cannot wait to see what happens next. Oh, I cannot wait to do it. Thank you for recognizing that and for seeing me and for recognizing that there is And I think this is gold for even for anyone who is listening out there is that if you are a parent and if you're a new parent and you're in business, just reach out and ask for help and then receive it. Because Lee, that's what you've helped me see today, which is I can be a really present mother and I can also love my business and grow it at the same time. I don't just have to raise a child. I can also raise my business. Excellent. Well, I am so honored to have been a part of that journey. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lee. What an extraordinary call that was. I'm just sitting here in awe of Nam and her transparency and authenticity and her deep desire to show up and serve her clients and her family. She is an extraordinary woman, and I'm so honored to have her as a member of the Coach with Clarity membership and as a guest of the Coach with Clarity podcast. So Nam, thank you again for coming on the show. If you would like to learn more about the Coach with Clarity membership, you can do so by heading over to coachwithclarity.com slash membership. There you will find all sorts of information about the benefits of membership, including weekly calls, the Coach with Clarity toolkit that's chock full of templates, guides, and video instruction to help you build your business. And most importantly, the Coach with Clarity membership is where you can find an extraordinary community of intuitive, service-based coaches just like Nam. And that's where you can find the support, the feedback, and the encouragement to build your coaching business and grow your coaching mastery. 
it's really an incredible community and I would love to welcome you to it. So if you'd like more information about that, just head to coachwithclarity.com slash membership. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. I will be back next week with another episode filled with information to help you build and grow your aligned coaching practice. So until then, my name is Lee Shea McDonough, encouraging you to get out there and show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity. Thanks for listening to the Coach with Clarity podcast. Be sure to visit coachwithclarity.com for detailed show notes and bonus material just for podcast listeners. Did you enjoy today's podcast? If so, then I invite you to check out the Coach with Clarity membership program exclusively for intuitive coaches ready to master both the business and the craft of coaching. You'll discover monthly hot seat coaching calls, Q&A sessions, and guest expert trainings, as well as the most supportive and innovative community of coaches out there. If you're ready to take your coaching to the next level, then you're ready for the Coach with Clarity membership. Learn more at coachwithclarity.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know a coach who could use a little clarity in their work and life, then please share this episode with them. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. Until then, go show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity.